I'm Becky Hennessy. This is episode 68, Cornerstone 2, The Nutritional Value of Thought. Hey there, this is Living Through, a podcast for partners who have been betrayed, who are living through as they recover and heal and reconnect. Welcome, welcome, friends. Well, the last episode was quite meaty as it was one of the four cornerstones. And you're going to continue to have them be a little bit heavier in topic and a little bit meatier in content as we go through the next three episodes, including this one. These cornerstones, like I said, are not in any particular order, but they have all been key in my own healing from betrayal and in my own recovery, as well as are what I use in helping others through theirs. So we're just going to keep trying these things on and you're going to see if these are a fit for your healing or if maybe they can enhance your recovery or if at the very least it can spark some curiosity in you. Today, we are going to be talking about the nutritional value of thoughts. So typically, when we talk about nutrition, we usually think of food and the body. So in that space, nutrition is about getting and giving your body specific foods that are necessary for health and for growth. What we sometimes don't consider or maybe we're not even super aware of is the nutritional value of our thoughts. And it really does parallel to the nutritional value of food. So sometimes we eat food because it tastes good, but there is zero nutritional value to it. So it's garbage food, it's junk, it's not going to help us in the slightest, but we really like how it tastes. Similarly, with our thoughts, there are times where short-term wise, we really like the feelings that grow when we feed ourselves certain thoughts. We like how it feels short-term, but there may not be real nutritional value to that thought. It may not be super helpful. It may not be super healthy. Other times... There are foods that we eat that generate a ton of energy and that help us feel rejuvenated. Similarly, there are thoughts that can spark mental and emotional health and growth within us. We feel energized. We feel capable or creative or connected. A lot of what we're going to be talking about today, maybe even all of it, I don't know, will just be a reminder for you. It just might be packaged a little bit different. So today we're going to talk about the brain and thought, and then we're going to talk about how to get our brain and our thoughts to work for us. So there is this bundle of nerves at our brainstem that is called our reticular activating system. Our reticular activating system has two jobs. One job is it acts as a filter And the other job is it acts as a detective. Our reticular activating system filters out any unnecessary information so that the important information can get through. I kind of compare this to when I'm scrolling through on social media. There are certain people that I really value their opinion. I really like what it is that they post. And there are certain people that I could just kind of like 
take it or leave it. And so as I'm scrolling through, my reticular activating system finds those people and has those people that I really enjoy their content, or I really like what it is that they have to say, or I value that relationship. It finds that and it brings it to the forefront. And then the other stuff, it just kind of keeps in the background. Another example of this is when you're buying a new car or when you're pregnant. That is something that's very important to you. That is something that is on your radar. And so it seems like everybody is driving that particular car that you want, or it seems like everybody is pregnant. That's not the case, but that's your reticular activating system bringing that stuff to the forefront. This is similar if we've learned a new concept or if we've learned a new idea. It starts to seem like everybody is talking about that concept or that idea. That's not the case. Again, that's your reticular activating system bringing that to the forefront. So that's one job is to be a filter. The other job is to be a detective. So what that means is that our reticular activating system seeks out information that validates our beliefs, that validates what it is that we value. It looks for things and finds things that can create evidence for us that our belief or our value or whatever it is that's important to us is true, that our perspectives are correct, that our opinion is accurate. It goes out, it finds evidence as a detective would, and it brings it back to validate those beliefs. So take the particular activating system, what I've just told you about that, stick that on the shelf for a minute. And I'm going to talk with you about stories, and then I'm going to marry the two. Our brain loves stories. Our brain loves to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. And the reason why our brain likes that is because when our brain has a story, a beginning, a middle, and an end, then it releases a chemical called oxytocin. Oxytocin is a bonding chemical, and it feels really good, even if just for the moment. So if our brain doesn't have a beginning or a middle or an end, any part of the story, then what our brain does is it fills it in, generally with past life experiences or information that we've received in the past or history or things like that, regardless of whether or not that is true or accurate, our brain will take it. All it wants is the beginning, the middle, or the end. So that beginning, middle, and end creates that ability for that oxytocin to be released regardless of whether it's accurate or regardless of whether it's true. Now, stories can occur due to the way that our brain is wired. So for example, someone who has schizophrenia, that is a wiring issue. And they have stories that are created. A lot of paranoia, a lot of fear comes onto the scene. But that is because of wiring. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's accurate. Some of our stories can be created because of our life experiences, things that we've experienced as children or adolescents, or even things that we've experienced in past relationships or current relationships, any of our life experiences, that can create stories. Other ways that stories can occur is because of our programming or our training from the way that we were raised, from our rearing. So let's now marry the two and talk about how knowing about your reticular activating system and knowing your stories can help you start to cultivate nutritional thoughts versus unhealthy thoughts or thoughts that are not helpful. 
the stories that we put in our reticular activating system can work for us or they can work against us. If we are focused on a particular thing and that thing is important to us, then our brain is going to filter out everything else. And similarly, if we believe a certain thing, if we believe that story to be true, all the components of it, then our brain is going to find evidence to prove that to be true. So the stories that we put in our reticular activating system or the stories that are cultivated, sometimes we don't choose the story that's put in there. If there is that story, beginning, middle, and an end, then our reticular activating system filters out everything else and it finds evidence to validate that story. The stories that we tell ourselves are crucial, very important. The stories that we put into our reticular activating system, the thoughts that we put into our reticular activating system are crucial, particularly in healing and recovery. So as we live through our healing, as we live through our recovery, there are certain nutritional thoughts that are helpful and there are certain thoughts that aren't necessarily. So I'm actually going to split this into two separate spaces. One of the spaces I'm going to talk about is when we are triggered when there is something that happens that generates a physical sensation in our body and we have fight, flight, or freeze occur. I call that being activated. And I'm going to talk about when we're not in that space and how we can live through both sides. When we are triggered, when we are activated, when a cue happens and we feel that physiological response of fight, flight, or freeze inside of our body, nutritional thoughts sound like mindfulness, empathy, and compassion. Those three things are very different, but those are the nutritional thoughts that we need to be feeding ourselves. So when we're triggered, when we're cued, when we're activated, it's not a situation of where we need to be giving ourselves positive affirmations. It's not a situation of where we need to try to logic with ourselves and give ourselves logical nutritional thoughts or try to rewrite the ending of our stories or anything like that. When we're activated and triggered, again, the nutritional thoughts sound like mindfulness, empathy, and compassion. So let me break those down for you. Mindfulness is non-judgmental awareness. So mindfulness is looking at the behavior and not over-identifying with whatever's going on. What I mean by over-identifying is it's not about you being that. It's not about identity. It's about something that happened. So a nutritional thought under the mindfulness umbrella sounds like, wow, that was really triggering. Going to the swimming pool and seeing everybody in their swimsuits is really triggering for me. It's non-judgmental awareness. It's not saying, oh my gosh, I just need to get over that. I just need to not have that happen anymore. When I watched that movie, I was triggered. It's that simple. It's not, when I watched that movie, I was really triggered because of this and this and then this and then this happened and that happened and this happened. Mm -mm. That's going down a rabbit hole. 
Mindfulness is simply stating what happened, the behavior that happened or the thing that occurred. It's non-judgmental awareness. You're not judging yourself. You're not judging someone else. You're simply stating this is what happened, period. An empathetic nutritional thought sounds like, wow, that was really hard. That makes complete sense why that was super tough. Man, I am feeling this super intensely. It's okay that I'm feeling this super intensely. Empathy is about being with. Compassion is about doing. Empathy is the feeling part or the emotion part. Compassion is the action part. So a nutritional empathetic thought sounds like, oh, that was so hard and makes complete sense why that is so hard. That is fair. It's absolutely okay that you are feeling that way. It's totally okay that your heart is racing and that your stomach has roller coaster belly and that your chest feels tight. That makes complete sense. That is a nutritional empathetic thought. A nutritional compassionate thought sounds like after that empathy occurs, what do you need? What does your body need? What does your mind need? What does your heart need? What does your soul need? What do you need? In addition to that, you could add, what do you need to feel safe? What do you need to physically feel safe? What do you need to emotionally feel safe? What do you need to spiritually feel safe? That is a compassionate nutritional thought. Again, when we're triggered, when we have been activated, that is not the time to try to tap into logic. That is not the time to try to use all of those positive affirmations that you've come up with your therapist and with your coach. That is the time to have mindfulness present, empathy present, and compassion present. When you are not feeling activated or triggered, that is the perfect time to get really curious with yourself, with a safe other, with your coach, with your therapist, about what your brain is filtering in and what your brain is filtering out. What evidence is your brain hanging on to? What stories might be in there? Now, again, are we always the author of those stories initially? No, we are not. Sometimes parents have authored those. Sometimes spouses or partners have. Sometimes life experience has. It's just about a willingness to recognize it as a story and to see what you can do to rewrite whatever part of it is being filled in. So what does that look like? What's the how-to in that space? Again, this is when you're not triggered, when you're not activated. When the dust has settled a little bit or when you're feeling pretty okay that day or in that moment or at that time. First, you have to really be willing to get curious about that story or curious about that thought. So get curious about the physical sensations that are coming up for you. I call those feelings. Get curious about the thoughts that accompany those feelings, how that feels in your body. Ooh, my chest is super tight or my stomach is hurting or whatever body response is happening because that feeling has been generated. Then with yourself or with the right people, start to challenge that story. Is this a programming thing or is this truth? Not, is this my truth? Because that's just putting lipstick on a pig, y'all. 
your truth is a story? Is this the truth? Am I trying to protect myself with the story? Am I taking this too personally? Or am I over-identifying with this? Am I being generous in giving myself the benefit of the doubt or them the benefit of the doubt or in thinking that I'm doing the very best that I can or that they're doing the very best that they can in this story? If you can't see past your nose, tap into people who have perspectives. So if you can't do this on your own, Tap into a therapist, tap into a coach, tap into a dear friend or a safe other or your partner if you feel emotionally and spiritually safe with them. Now, I'm warning you, if those people are not in a wholehearted place of mental health or authenticity, that's going to get sticky. So choose wisely. But start to get curious about those stories. And then we get to decide how the ending is going to go. Because the ending hasn't happened yet. The story is being written in real time. You can pick how you're going to respond. You can pick how you're going to interact with God or yourself or others or the world. That response, that interaction, those are the ends of our stories. The ends of our story isn't, I was happily married. I found out I was betrayed. And so our relationship is complete garbage. You may have a beginning and a middle, but you're writing the ending right now as we practice this in our own recovery, in our own healing, as we live through those thoughts, as well as as we practice this in other aspects of our life that doesn't really have anything to do with our recovery or our healing. Those rewrites plunk different information into our reticular activating system, which is awesome because then that can steer us in a really awesome direction. Because if our reticular activating system has different information, different truths, it's going to filter out all that other stuff and bring evidence to you that's going to validate that new belief about yourself, about your relationship, about possibilities, about hope. You guys, there is so much about what has gone on that we have had zero power over, no choice in, and that we did not create for ourselves. There is so much about the initial body responses that may happen that we cannot prevent from happening because we are human. We cannot stop the triggers from happening and we cannot stop that physical sensation from happening. That's just part of us being human. We absolutely can rewrite the endings to our stories. We can get curious about how to feed ourselves nutritional thoughts versus unhealthy thoughts. We can choose once we've been activated or once we've been triggered to feed ourselves a nutritional thought of mindfulness or empathy or compassion. And when we're not activated or triggered, we can choose to get curious about those stories, get curious about the information we're putting in our reticular activating system, get curious about what's being filtered in and out and what evidence is being found. That is 100% something that we can choose to do. Well, there that is. (laughs) Thank you for sitting with me here. I hope that something popped in for you to be curious about or uh, something resonated with you. 
in this space. I'm excited as we talk about the next cornerstone, cornerstone three. You guys are going to love it. We're going to start to piece all of this together and make sense of the feelings and emotions and these nutritional thoughts in the next cornerstone. So we'll talk soon. I'll see you there. 